Hello and welcome. Jamie Tatino here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the next episode of Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, this episode is going to be just as incredible as every other past episode we've done. Uh, and for me, this when I launched this podcast you know, back in, in late 2017, uh, I never envisioned it becoming the thing that it is now. And we've had some incredible guests and I've had some incredible fun with a lot of the amazing people we've had on here. And I'd actually also encourage you to do so, is to go back to my, my website and listen to the past episodes, listen to the people's stories, listen to the amazing content that we've been able to get from them because, you know, just like you, just like me, we've all got our own journey and I really look forward to, to having you around and listening to these episodes and hearing your feedback hearing your feedback. So I encourage you to go to my website, jamietatino.com. Uh, also, find me on Instagram and Facebook. But let's get this show on the road and let's get this next episode live Hello to you and right welcome here. Welcome to the next episode, right Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. We have a very, very special guest on today. Uh, someone that I'm very grateful for being here. Uh, and I know it probably take a, a lot of time out of your day, but I, again, for me and the listeners, I'm sure they're grateful that you're here. Uh, we have an award-winning chef, a restaurateur, founder and director of 400 Grady, uh, a world pizza champion, uh, and most recently got himself a spot in the Guinness World Record books with the most cheesiest pizza with 154 different cheeses on it. We have Johnny Di Francesco here today and I had to put my Italian accent on <laughs> to pronounce that uh, how are you today good yourself very well thank you thank you so much for being here thanks for um, not my pleasure my pleasure so rapid fire okay. straight into it here we go quick questions quick answers here we go favourite song right now no idea no I'm going to write that one down let's see what comes up Yeah. I'm going to search it no idea no I idea, guarantee yeah. there's a song called I'm no idea <laughs> <laughs> favourite song to get pumped up to I the tiger Yes, yes. About time someone said that. That's yeah. my go-to. Yeah. I'm the tiger. Favorite movie? Uh, no retreat, no surrender. No retreat. I haven't heard that. Who's in it? Van Damme. No retreat, no surrender. Yeah. Favorite book? Uh, Anthony Robbins. Nice. Yep. Yep. Go-to meal? Margarita. I had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite TV show? TV show, Rocky. Rocky, I love it. Biggest celebrity sporting idol or sporting idol growing up? Um, I would say I got two actually. Sorry, Michael Jordan. Yep. And um, Muhammad Ali. I used to love watching him. Okay. I mean, well, even though I wasn't growing up with him, but totally I grew, grew up watching fights, fights or just yeah. his mindset. Just fights, his mindset, everything. He's totally yeah, one of a kind. He's one of a kind. One of a kind. Love it. Um, one thing you hate or dislike and you can't say coriander. <laughs> That's one thing I really hate. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't like coriander. But um, oh, one thing I dislike, um, licorice. Ooh, yeah, yep. I'm the same. Like can't stand that shit. Yeah. Love it. Uh, funniest or craziest thing you've done? Uh, <laughs> went for a ride on a camel. <laughs> <laughs> Where? In Dubai. <laughs> Love it. Hey, yeah, for someone that's crazy. Yeah. Book or audiobook? Would you rather read it or uh, listen to it? I love audiobooks. Okay. Yeah, summer or winter? Uh, summer. Summer? I hate the cold. I'm always in the kitchen, so I hate <laughs> True. the cold. True. Proudest moment for yourself uh, and then proudest moment for the business? Uh, proudest moment for myself when my daughter was born and then second when the rest of my kids were born. <laughs> <laughs> um, restaurant? I think proudest moment in let's say business was when I realized 
I was about to fail and then got out of that. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, that was one of the questions. Your greatest failure that ended up being your best lesson. Yeah, that first uh, first failure in business. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay, I like it. Tell us one. Tell us something that no one knows about you. I'm a drummer. A drummer? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You've been in band? I used to when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, drum when, for when, a long time. When did you give it up? 17. Were you good? Uh, I was pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah. Did you not want to pursue that anymore or what happened? No, I had, I had either two choices. Either I kept drumming and, you know, hopefully broke into the scene and, and you know, made a career out yeah. of it. Or start working now and survive. So... Because I guess drumming at the time, it wasn't like a certain, like it was like no security. That's like, that's right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Whereas job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, if you could choose to have lunch with any one person in the world, two hour time limit, who would it be? Richard Branson. Richard Branson. I like it. What was 10 year old Johnny like? Uh, um, a dreamer. Thinker. I like it. Yeah. Visionary. Mm. What's one trait? Let's say you got five year closest friends mm. one trait attribute skill that you see consistent in all five years determination mm. I like it I like it that's rapid fire you did damn. well damn easy that was that easy was wasn't it that was rapid <laughs> quick yeah, get, yeah. Good for the listeners get a, get a bit, of, bit of understanding so obviously everyone knows Grady yeah I'm so. sure well they will now yeah. um, but I'm sure that there's so much more before that, that brought Grady to where it is today. Yeah. Where did it all begin? Like, were you always in the kitchen at home cooking, even as a young? Um, how did it all begin? Yeah, no, I don't think I've got that, um, you know, normal chef um, sort of, you know, story that you know they loved cooking and they were in the kitchen with their parents and then they decided to you know take up cooking. Yeah, that that's not my story. You know, and I'm not sure. Because you know you listen to chefs and they say you know that's always the story mm, that you know mm. they grew up doing it. Mine wasn't that. Mine was I grew up wanting to be a drummer, and then fell into the uh, you know restaurant game because I needed to survive. That wasn't because I I grew up loving. So it was a job. It was a job for yeah. me, okay. which then turned into a passion mm, mm. and probably an addiction. Because I, I just l- end up loving it so much. I love I love the process behind it, and I think, you know, when I think back, drummers drummers have this um, mind that, um, you know, when you when you're drumming, you're doing uh, multiple things with feet and hands, and so my brain was already developed into doing things in multiple uh, scenarios Correct. without having to think of it, and that's why cooking became so natural to me. So I, I could uh, listen I like to it. I could listen to the chef what he was telling me, and I could also have that pan yeah, on the yeah, stove, yeah. and I could also be reaching down and grabbing something else very naturally. Whereas a lot of the people that I was working mm. with, they found that extremely hard because you know, as a young as a, you know, a young person growing up, you know, they they were sort of trying to learn the the skill behind that, and and there were, you know there were so many great uh, people that were cooking really well, but they couldn't. Execute consistently all the time because I think they didn't have that that skill. Well, they couldn't handle the kitchen. Like yeah. They couldn't handle. So for me, the things. pressure was 
uh, normal. You know, when you I think when you're in a band, you know, you listen to the bass player to understand, you know, where where he's at, and you are the director. You know, a lot of people think that the singer is one of the most important people in the band. Um, that's the front man. The most important people in the band are the people that are holding everything together, and it starts from the back. Starts drummer, bass player, etc. And I think that's what. Um, you know that That's music side yeah. of it really helped me mm, um, mm, mm. with my multitasking, if you Correct. want to call it yeah. that. But the um, ability to hear, do, yes, think, yeah. already be forward thinking of cool. Where am I going to be in ten minutes? Yeah. What's yeah. happening in five minutes with this? Correct. You know, that's yeah. like, I've never worked in the kitchen but I'm guessing yeah. that's a pretty important part yeah you know it. like I can put something in the oven and without a timer and sort of feel it in my stomach that it's, <laughs> it's nearly ready was that from the smell or is that I don't know why no no just from timing because drumming is all about timing yes yeah, and I don't yeah. know why it, it's a natural thing <laughs> now so everything for me is about timing like when someone comes to you and says how long do I put the thing I don't know you just just, just put it in the oven. Just put it in yeah, there. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> you just know. <laughs> you sort of like, and, but How long it, do you put the pizza in for? I don't know. You just... You just, know, you know, like... I love it. It's, um... I, I... Most people that have worked next to me have probably say, like, he's annoying, man. Like, you hear him humming. Because when I work, I... Mm. And I never realised I did this until a guy that was working next to me saying, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, are you, you're humming. And I didn't actually realise I was doing that. So I'm working away humming not knowing I was doing that, but then I realized that that was actually keeping me extremely calm in the kitchen. And that hum for me was my um, my timing in what was happening and, and keeping me sort mm, of mm. really focused on what was going on around me. That's your form of measurement, so it to was. say. That's, that's what, how that's you what, measured yeah, what was, was going on. Crazy. How like, long had you played drums for? Uh, about... Played just under ten years, yeah. um, you know. But so, I, but I was like I was excessive, man. Like you know, at eleven years old, I was practicing three four hours a day. And that determination, yeah. You mentioned earlier, you know. Yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to sort of get there so quick. You know, there's that, there's that um, saying, you know, ten thousand hours before yes. you become yes, yes, really yes. proficient at something. Yeah. And, and you know, even though I didn't know that at eleven years old, I, I, I was already doing. You're that. acting that out. I was acting that out without I even like realizing, it. right? So it was three hours every day. Well, For me, it was twenty one hours a, a week. Uh, people that were eleven weren't really doing that. They were probably doing half an hour a day, <laughs> yeah. right? Which was only three and a half hours a week. Where yeah. I was doing twenty one hours. So for me, that was like a head, a step ahead. By the end of the year, you're already three years ahead of it. It was crazy, right? Yeah. So you mm, know, mm. I, I remember I was twelve or thirteen, and I was playing in the VCE band. You know, touring uh, country Victoria. Well, wow. and you know, I'm talking about where I'm there with seventeen, nearly eighteen year old uh, kids. Oh, you girls, know, yeah, yeah. You know, getting doing their VCE, and I'm here in year year eight. You know, the, the and I was like the baby of the. <laughs> room. I was like, fuck. Well, you're probably yeah, the best. So. You're probably the best player in the in the entire band, maybe with that amount of effort you put into it. Oh yeah, I was. I was probably yeah. No, no, I was very elite. You know, in in that sense, at that age. So you chase, but you've so in a way like you've always chased that next level, like that always. greatness, like that. Be a little bit better. Always. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. So, you got a job in the kitchen, restaurant needed to be done. Needed to pay the bills, whatever that whatever it was at the time, then what? It was just like... Like I was working after school, I'd start at five, get home at one, literally, um, go to sleep. What's this, like year 10, year 11, year 12? Or? Man, I, I did that from like year, year, year nine. 
Wow. You know, and so all the way through school, I was doing that, working uh, predominantly weekends, really late during the week. You know, I'd probably get home about 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. Get home, do some homework. You know, I'd be doing homework on the tram, just trying to, you know, um, get yeah, ahead. And, and, you know, I finished school and, and then I got into electronics engineering. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Which lasted about a day. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> literally, day. literally lasted a day. Really? No, no, I'm, this is not a word of a lie. I get in, I thought, oh, this is great. So, and, and I never forget, I had my, my bag on the side of the chair and, you know, I was sitting at the desk. Mm. I opened up the first module and I started listening to this guy talk about transistors and resistors. <laughs> and I was like, no, fuck this, I'm going, man. And I really? closed the book, put it in my bag. And I actually, you know, lifted my hand yeah. and he looked at me and he goes, what, what do you want? And I said, can I go to the bathroom? He goes, you don't need to ask to go to the bathroom here. You're not at high school. <laughs> Right, I went okay. Thank you very much. So I got up, got in my car, and I went up, just like that. Yeah, and said to my mum, "I'm opening, a, I'm opening a restaurant." And she said to me, "Were you actually still working in a restaurant at I that was, time?" Yeah, yeah. I was, I was working at a at a restaurant, and you know, had commitments there, and that was my source of income. And, and I thought, you know what, you know, at, I was only eighteen years old, and at eight, eighteen years old, you think you know everything, right? And so I went off and opened up a, a restaurant. Or you know it was, it was a cafe restaurant. Okay. Uh, Puckle Street Mini Ponds. Yep. And yep. I lasted ten months in that first one, sold it off, and got into the second one, um, you know, with no money again, and, and rest was history. I just kept going like that, you know, like first ten years. Honestly, first ten years, you know, my wife and I lived off credit cards. That's how we we lived. So so when you were at that job where you decided then I want to go and open your own restaurant or your own cafe slash bar yeah. sort of experience, was that the dream that you had? Like I wanted to, you wanted to open something like that, or was that just the closest thing, whatever was available? No, I just I, I I've always you know it's funny because I get asked that and I've always you know done or created the concept that I want to I want to do. Mm. It's I haven't looked at oh. What, what's in the industry what's Correct. happening I've, I've always you know gone left field and you know totally. sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know um, and obviously that first one it wasn't that it didn't work I didn't have the cash flow to sustain it yeah okay um, because I sold it and then the guy that sold it the business kept going for about 11 years it was it was the actually guy you sold it to yeah, so he, I sold to a guy, and then he then resold it. Okay, and it went on for eleven years. Wow! So it was it was actually a pretty good business, but I didn't understand that at the time. Mm, yeah, okay, because I didn't have the cash flow to you know keep, keep growing it, going, keep scaling keep growing it, growing yeah. and scaling. Okay, it, yeah. Okay, so how many restaurants was it, or cafes, or the like before Grady? Uh, so I had, uh, so I had ten ten businesses prior to um, Grady. Or in the cafe, restaurant sort of thing? Um, yeah, restaurant, um, uh, pizza, pizza outlets, yep. takeaway. And then predominantly I got into just takeaway. Yep. Um, and that's where I realized that, you know, they, you need to create a system behind a business. And, you know, by the age of 23, I had um, six, six or seven outlets across Melbourne. Franchised and, or? No, no. Um, company, company owned. owned. Wow. And, um, wow. you know, and that's where I learned, that's where I can say I learned how to run a business. With the six or seven? With those six or seven. That's when I understood the business concept, not the the restaurant or food concept. 
because you know there's there's a big difference between those two. You know, it doesn't mean because you're a great chef, you're a great business person, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. because you're a great business person that you can actually run. And I talk about restaurants because that's what I mean. But correct, a restaurant is one of the hardest businesses to run, um, and people don't understand that. People invest money or they put their money into a restaurant because they think that they found a great chef, mm-hmm. but then they find that the chef may be able to really you know cook a really good um, dish or gra- or execute a great menu but then doesn't have the concept behind costing so mm-hmm. you know you, mm-hmm. anyone can make the best dish in the world but if it's not a commercial dish to actually viable. sell totally or, yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. and it can't be price pointed at some ridiculous no, price because you're not going to buy it that's right so you know I I I've consulted for so many restaurants. Sometimes I go in there and I do a quick costing on the dish. I say, "Do you know you're underselling this this dish by like fifteen percent?" And be like, "What do you mean? Oh, yeah, it costs this much. It's costing you X, and you're selling it for Y, man. You actually every time you're putting that dish out, you're losing money. But that's one of our best selling dishes. Well, no shit, because people see the value in it. Totally, the price point doesn't match. Right, but the price point's not matching. Oh, but the chef told me that we'll make it money, but. Where where is where is the costings on this? How how did he how how, how did, did he, he arrive that? to this? Uh, <laughs> you know that we're making money, or or she uh, arrived to this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so it, yeah, right. So being a great chef doesn't mean that you can run a great business, mm, and mm. and being an investor doesn't mean that you're going to always find the people that will run like your it. business profitable. I like it. I like it. So it was at that time that like you said that you realized that like you had you could run a business. Yes, you were great. Chef, you could do that awesome yeah. with six restaurants or pizza shops. Yeah, that's when you realize, cool, like I think I've, I'm good at this the business. I'm good at the business side, side of that, it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that was seven years of, of um, heartache um, running that. You know, 23 at 30 years old, I end up selling off, um, you know, majority of, of, of those outlets and yeah. I kept the original one. Okay. Right, which I still have today. Oh, where is it? It's in Camberfield. Camberfield, yeah. no way. Yeah, I grew up in Epping. So, I have to go and check it out. So, um, you know, kept that Camberfield. one. Camberfield. Um, got got one of my best friends involved in it. You know, he took um, majority share, and I said, "You run it." And he's been. I mean, that that place there now has been running for twenty years under uh, myself. Whip. Yeah. And then prior to that, that business was there for about thirty three years before I bought it. So really, it's about fifty five years that business has been in that. It's been in that location. Um, Love it. But when I bought it, it was it was um, it was barely making money, and within three months, I tenfolded the, the turnover. You know? So, what number business was that for you at that time? Number three. So you had some experience. Yeah. So number one sold off at a loss. Number two sold off at a loss. <laughs> number three grew it and kept it. Okay. So I always call that, and and there's there's a you know people say don't get emotionally attached mm-hmm. to property mm-hmm. business or whatever. Mm-hmm. That one there I'm very emotionally attached to because that was the business that has has always, um, you know, got me out of the shit. Yeah. Okay. A- a- any 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 bad uh, decision. Yeah. That was the one that was like <laughs> always day. a save. Yeah, yeah, save yeah, the day. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I'm okay. very emotional to that one. Uh, you know, attached to it. Correct. So, but you know, my best mate. You know, he wants What's to get into it. And I said to him, you know what? You do it. It's an easy business mm, to run. Mm, the system's mm. there. Just follow the, just the do system. This. And, and that's it. I don't it. know how long it takes you to put the pizza in the oven for because I'm just i not, no. not on there humming, but you'll that's just it. figure it out. You'll figure it out. So why did you stay in restaurants though? Like, yeah, you opened it. You said you weren't really, you didn't really grow up with it. You did it as a job. You enjoyed it. You found a passion. Even after the first one, the second one, the third one, having seven, selling them off. Ten businesses before, great. Like, how, 
what drove you to still stay in that space? Um, I've always had a vision that I've wanted to grow a business that would become global. Um, and, you know, that was from the, the time I got into business. And I think that's where I I started making the mistakes at the start because I was I think I was thinking too big with the little experience that I actually had in running okay. the business. But thinking big was probably the best thing that ever happened because it forced me to make all those mistakes mm. to be able to realize what I need to do to get to. Correct. You know that point. You weren't just staying small, thinking of the no, canvas field area. Yeah, because I could have just stayed with one site, mm. been in that business now for the last twenty years. I would have made great uh, income out of it. Totally. You know, it would have been it, it would have been like the, just a safety net. Totally. No problem. Happy days. Do my do my you know five hours a day if yeah. I want, or maybe yeah. don't even go in. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah. And and you know we can live. Be a successful business owner. And be a successful business owner, or or I call it because I don't call that business owner. I call that. Um, have a successful job right so I like it because there's there's you know obviously a difference you know a lot of people and and, and I'll tell you a quick story you laugh about this a really prominent uh, restaurateur was dining at my my restaurant once and you know come in with a supplier and and you know supplier says oh you know you know this is not Johnny's first business he's had you know other businesses and and, uh, and I said, yeah, I still got, you know, the original one. He said, oh, where is it? And I told him where it was and I told him what I did and all the price point and all that sort of stuff. And he turned around and said to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even get out of bed for that. That was his comment to me. And, and, uh, and I looked at him and I said, yeah, right. I said, um, do you go into work in your restaurant every day? And he said, yeah. I said, and I come here, which was Grady. I said, I come here every single day. I said, let me tell you the difference between what you're doing, what I'm doing right now, and what I also have. I said, this is our job. I said, I don't get up for my business. My business runs while I'm not mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I walked off on him. Because I, like I want him to understand that, hang on a second, man, you're, you're judging me for the concept that I have, but that concept is actually is actually giving me a return on investment. Correct. Without, I'm not even, go, I've, I hadn't worked there for 15 years. One day, one second, one minute. That's a business. That's, what, that's business smarts. That, yeah. So what I'm doing now is, I yes, I'm running a business, but I'm but I'm also a employee Correct. of my business. Correct. For me, a business is something that you don't need to get up for mm, and you don't mm. need to run for. Mm, that's mm. a business. Mm, mm. That's a true business model. So, you know, I look at that one there and I say, that's my real business. This is my real job. But I love my job. And that's why I'm there. Hence why you get the results though. Yeah. Because like, you come in with that mindset of like, we're here. I'm yeah. here. I'm here every day. Yeah. I'm the founder. I'm the, but I'm here. Like the, yeah. I'm part of the, the journey. I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm there doing it. Um, I love it. I love it. So when did Grady and how did that start? Um, so my so my, my father uh, passed away and I remember him always talking about Napolitan pizza and I was like, passed away and I thought I need to go and see why why he was always saying oh best pizza was in Napoli you know and he's from from that region yeah and so I said to uh, my wife I'm, I'm I'm going to Naples I want to go see what my father was always talking about I never got to go to Italy with him never got to travel with him so I thought I've got to go and understand what you know his mm. why he loved this mm. product so much mm. so I flew um, I remember straight from the airport I said got in the cab and I said take me to the best pizza in Naples that's what I said to the cab driver he looked at me and he goes, no worries, I'll take you to one place. So he took me to what he thought was the best place. 
this place had a line out the door and I thought, oh man, I'm not going to wait. I've just, you know, flew in from Australia. This is a long way. And right across the road, there was another pizza and I thought, there's no one there. I'm going to go there anyway. Check it out. So I went in there and as soon as the pizza came to the table, I was like, wow, this is, now I understand what he's talking about. And as soon as I, I tasted it, I went, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm sold on this. And so I gathered all the information. I worked in Naples for a little bit. I, um, I studied there as well. And then came back to Australia and, and I opened up 400 Gravity. So we were the first, first um, um, you know, restaurant or pizzeria in Melbourne to ever, um, you know, produce a real Neapolitan pizza. Because there's a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, Neapolitan pizza, Neapolitan But it wasn't. It wasn't authentic. It wasn't yeah. authentic. It was, uh, you know, if you want to uh, brand it as, it was Italian pizza. Like they were trying to do Italian pizza. Yeah. Um, which has a really broad, um, uh, you know, term. Yeah, term. It, it covers, it covers it's everything. So much. Right? It's everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, we did that, and you know, and I got a lot of criticism in the industry by journalists, by you know everything, because it wasn't, you know, I then understood that it wasn't actually the pizza that people did, didn't like; it was the pizza they didn't understand, so they couldn't grasp the concept of this pizza being soft and pliable and yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and it was floppy and they didn't know oh this should be crispy yeah, and doesn't have 10 the, kilos of topping on it you know <laughs> well, even even so much not about 10 kilo but um, even the pizza pizzas that were being made that you know people were saying that's the best Italian pizza was a thin crispy base and when you picked up the the, the slice you know it was like it stayed stayed really yeah. firm and yeah. whereas my one you pick it up and it was flopping and it's yeah. so the education behind it wasn't there and they didn't understand yeah. it. So I then started doing um, master classes and I started inviting um, I like people it. to understand what it was all about. Why are you doing what you do? And what I do, what I do. So you went to Italy and you had already ran pizza shops. You were yeah. already quite successful mm. in that space mm. and you still went to learn more. 100%, yeah. And you spent time there, yeah. picked their, I'm guessing you picked their brains. Oh, I was, I was like a like a sponge so with like in Italy mm. so you can imagine you know, have you ever heard the term uh, you know maybe you, you, your parents or someone that may, you know you look up to and said to you listen God gave us two ears mm. so mm. we listen and, and, and one mouth one so mouth. We, we talk less yeah. right I took that concept in Italy I like I didn't even tell people that I owned a restaurant like I went there like zero knowledge I want to go it. there with zero mm, knowledge, mm, not mm. I'm not a pizza maker. Yeah. I'm not a chef. I'm nothing. I want to want to come here and I want blank I want canvas, be like blank. That's right, yeah. blank canvas, and yeah. just absorb everything. everything. And that's what I did. And How long were you I there for? Um, I was there for a couple of months. Wow. And so essentially, what I did was I took all that um, knowledge, and I came back to Australia, and I implemented with the systems that I'd learned mm, for mm. the. For the I've first 10, 11 years of my business career, I like it. and put them together. So I got this tradition, and I got the systems, and I put them together. And so that's why I've been successful in rolling out restaurants because I'm I've got a consistent product mm. throughout all the restaurants. I like it. And that's you know again I go back always to the McDonald's model. People say ah McDonald's shit. Yeah I know it is. And you know what? You'll eat it in any part of the world because you know you get that consistently shit burger. But you know what you're getting. Think about it. They got what eighteen maybe nineteen year olds managing it. Yeah. And fifteen year olds flicking bur- flicking yeah. burgers. Especially with like real food vending for me the franchise. That's exactly what I base my model off. It needs to be foolproof. It's like amazing. If, if a I think it's the best. Ro- I think it's the best business model in the right. world. That's why they've got who knows how many yeah. stores. You know. Yeah. Globally. And regardless what people think of the product, 
they're not in they're not in it to sell burgers no. right at the end no. of the day no. but, but it is a, it is from a, a business thing. perspective of how they've built Correct. it what they've it's done amazing so much to learn yeah you might not like the product great you, you walk in there and learn <laughs> learn but you know go and eat a burger somewhere else if you like <laughs> totally yeah. go to Grady and get a burger you do burgers <laughs> no. no don't go to Grady and get no. a burger because they don't have them go and get a pizza it's the best thing yeah. you can do um, so you got the you got the recipe you got that authentic experience you brought it back. Did you have any businesses and you're like, I'm out and then I'm starting Grady or there was nothing at that time? I was actually building Grady. Oh. So you, did you go there with the vision of I'm yeah. going to take what I learned and come back? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So you came back, Brunswick, first one? Brunswick was the first one, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we started off, it was only a 40-seater. Um, you know, and, to, and today, you know, 12 years on this year, we, we sit 260 people. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah, well done. Spot. Well done. Thank you. 10, 12 years on. For you, what, what, what do you think has been the hardest, I don't want to use the word hardest, most challenging maybe, thing, whatever it might be that's come up in growing and running the restaurant? Um, building a culture is the hardest thing in any business. And I believe a business that doesn't have a great culture, no matter how great your systems are, um, it then becomes just a machine mm. and you know if people don't believe in what you are what your vision is mm. and you don't sort of you know engage them and let them understand what the vision is and that they're on the same journey as what you are then you've got a soulless business and that's one thing that's been you know one of the biggest challenges and I find that if I'm in the restaurant running the restaurant the, I build a culture within I'm not joking I could build and change a culture within um, you know four weeks five weeks but that's the culture is built from the top up and so the challenging part for me has been how do I get the guys that are going to run my business yeah. or the individual yeah. um, outlets and continue the culture because everyone has a different personality 100%. and it's yeah. very hard you don't mm. we mm. don't want to change people's personalities either and that's something that totally. I preach in my business. I don't want to change your personality, mm. but I, I want you to understand what our culture is and what we're all about. And I need you from the top up to really, you know, filter that down and, and, and make people feel as though they're part of something special and there's, there is a vision for it. And no matter if you're here f for six months or six years, instill the same culture because the person that's here for six months goes away and gets another business or gets into another job and you've given them the skill set mm. to improve somebody else's Correct. business and make and their life become, somewhat better yeah, and they become and they become valuable where mm. they are then progressing in their career like doesn't it. matter what you're in like you, you, well, hospitality gives you so many tools that you then whatever else that you want to do in your life you, if you really look at you know all the skills that you learn in hospitality, you can then bring that into any anyway. other anywhere. It's it's you know it's amazing Correct. how how well people can do. If you think about like for me, I always like, and it comes back to that culture, which is like it's a big thing of communication. You know, having them and like you said earlier with the customers, educating them. You know, building from an external standpoint what the culture is in within your four walls, but then having the ability to get that message across, having the ability to rally a team together when not everything is going great yeah. doesn't just stay within the four walls of a restaurant no. you can take that to any organisation and that would be valuable probably the biggest challenge most people have culture yeah. especially now 2020 yeah. you know keeping people together on it like you said on that vision that mission like what are we here for yeah. 
Yeah. What are we doing? What's it, what's the greatest? What's the greater purpose? What we're That's trying right. to achieve? Um, if you didn't follow the path of pizza restaurant restaurateur, what would you have become? Do you think? Or what you have got into? Uh, I always go back to the music because I look at the, the the amount of hours that I've put into the restaurant. If I had put those amount of hours into music. I, I'm not sure where I would be today. You know, Do you still I, play now? I, I still have a hit every now and then. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've got a couple of have kids, a hit. But, I like it. Yeah, but um, you know, can Give I play? Back. I don't. I don't know if I call it play. <laughs> but um, I like yeah. it. I like it. Um, so you won the world's best pizza. Yeah. What goes into a pizza that's the world's best pizza? Not physically goes into it. Yes, like the ingredients, but yeah. from you, because it's a journey. I'm sure there was many competitions. You won some, lost one, yeah. got there, won it. Yeah. But from you, what goes into that? Um, I think, and, and you're right, because I did compete. I competed three times. And I think the first time that I competed, I overthink the whole process. And I think the, the day that I was actually making the pizza, that one... Um, I put my mindset as though I was in my restaurant. I blocked everyone out that was around me and I was imagining me making this pizza for a customer that was going to sit in my restaurant. And and that relaxed mm. me because I do that every day. Yeah. So that's your space. So mm. there's nothing mm. new or nothing different. Mm. Whereas if I went in there and with the mindset of this is a competition, I need to be careful, what am I doing, yeah. right? You're so perfect, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so my yeah. whole mindset changed on that third time. I thought, man, I'm making a pizza for, you know, people that come and see me every day. So that's what I'm going to do now. And so that just relaxed me. And I think the hardest thing for people to do when they're competing is feel relaxed. Mm. Still feel anxious in the sense that you need, because if you go, line. You yeah. Need, yeah, you need that, you know, nervousness sort <laughs> yeah, of thing yeah. because that builds it's the good. adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. But then you also need to control it and understand how do I make myself mm. calm? And making mm. yourself calm means, um, you know, making yourself familiar with something. Yeah, yeah. And that I like it. That helps. People. Where was the competition? In Italy. In Italy. Okay. So you're out of your, maybe not so much out of your comfort zone, but you're not in your natural environment. No. So much outside. Like, how did you calm yourself down? Because again, that skill doesn't just stay. I'm sure that might have been a thing that you had to do when you were about to drum. It, it, it was, you know, performing is the most nerve-wracking thing in the world. You know, I remember as a kid, we used to do a lot of ultimate, um, what's it called, uh, Battle of the Bands. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you know, you go into that, and that's a competition. As soon as you get on stage, and, you know, for myself, sitting on that stool and, and picking up my sticks, you're nervous, you're shaking it, but as soon as you start playing, all the nerves gone. are gone. And I like it. And that's... That's something that I do you think, think helped me a lot. That helped you on the on the, I, on the pizza. I can't explain how much the side of um, learning an instrument helped me in what I do. You know, every day, even though I don't play it anymore, yeah, no, no, yeah. but it's still there. It's instilled. It is. It's you know, I so, can pick up the sticks tomorrow and start playing. No problem. Yeah. It's it's natural. I'm, I won't be as quick as I was. Of I won't course. be as you know as um, but in time and in time yeah, and all yeah. that sort of yeah. stuff. But it's you got the nature. Totally, you right. can pick it up and just and, and yeah, rock. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's like riding a bike. Oh, everything. 
I, I played from jazz to rock. Well, you know, and in between funk, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. just everything. I loved. I just loved playing anything you could, you know. Yeah, get it on with. I like yeah. it. I like it. So, when you won the world's best pizza, what did that do for the business? Was that how long into the business was that? Did that happen? I, I was already in um, business. I think it was three, three or four years. Okay. Actually, no, it was longer. I opened two thousand eight. That was two thousand fourteen. So okay. it was six years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we already had a you know quite a busy restaurant at at, at Brunswick. One site. It was one site. Yeah. Uh, we were actually um, building Crown. So yeah. We were going into our nice. second site. Yeah. You know, so the the business was already quite busy. Yeah. Um, what it did was. Um, not prepare me for what was going to happen <laughs> next because you know I won this competition I thought hey this is great I put on the wall a couple, nice, of, yeah. po- couple yeah. of posts on like back then Instagram and Facebook just yeah. saying hey you know people that knew me and as I landed into Brisbane because I was actually asked to go and do a show in Brisbane okay. uh, for a fine future I landed in Brisbane got to the hotel get a phone call at midnight and they said um, we need you back in Melbourne tomorrow because we have a film crew coming. You can't miss this opportunity. And I was like, well, I've got this show to do. I've, I've committed. So I, I booked my first flight out, 6, 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. And I ring the guy that um, asked me to go to the show and I said to him, listen, man, I'm so sorry. I need to get back to Melbourne. I'm not sure what's happening here. Flew back to Melbourne. Everything else was a blur after that because it was just media upon media upon media upon media upon media. It was just, it was like a snowball, just kept happening weeks. yeah months weeks wow. uh, you know years you know it just kept going and going and going and going and I think the success behind it was thank God I'd set up my business so systematic mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. my product was always consistent because yes. when that happened the business pretty much you know doubled probably tripled in sales in a space of 200 seats Wow. And, you know, we're talking, it was, you know, lines out the door and you, you didn't know what to do. And, and I think for the first, and I'm not joking, for six months, I was in at 6 a.m. and out at 1 a.m. every single day. And I stood at that bench every day from lunchtime till the time we closed. I wouldn't even go to the bathroom to have a toilet break. And I would send all my staff on break. Okay, you go on break now. You go on break now. You go on break now. And I would just stay there. I wouldn't move from that position. And I, I think I gained so much respect from the staff. Mm-hmm. They were like, man, please go and eat something. No, no, it's fine. I'll eat later. That was because I felt as though I had an obligation to the people that were coming to totally. dine in my restaurant. Yeah. They were coming out of, going out of their way. Yeah. And I needed to make sure that I was I there that. and, you know, executing well, They came product. for something. And yeah. It was that pizza. And it's like... That's right. You, you, you don't want them to leave not experiencing yeah. what they really could have yeah. and should have. Uh, that's incredible. Did you go into it thinking that would be the result? Never. You just ne- did it for never. like, you know. I did it for, I did yeah, it for. Get an award. I, yeah. I was, I think it was more for personal satisfaction because, mm. you know, you've worked all these years and, you know, everyone thinks that they're, they're a master at what they do. Mm. And I still don't think that I'm a master at what I do. To be honest with you, I'm still learning every day. <laughs> totally. I honestly do, right? Yeah. And, and, so, you know, going there and getting that award, it was a personal satisfaction of saying, I got into business when I was 19. I failed in uh, for the first 10 years. I, I did it hard. We used to scrape 10 cent pieces off the table to feed our, our first order. I didn't give up. 
I kept going, barely still making any money. This award just made up for all of that. And then it just went boom. Yeah. You know, that, and I think that was, for me, the biggest satisfaction. I like it. Well done. That's huge. To even go there and, like you said, after the third time, you did it once, cool, didn't win. Did it again, it's like, well, you probably could have said no more. Yeah. Be like, fuck it, I'll go one more time. That's right. Did your best, like you said, calmed yourself down yeah. and got the result. Yeah, no. What about the Guinness World Record once? How did that come about? When, oh. when I read that, I was like, like I said earlier, I didn't even know there was 154 different cheeses. There's a lot more, let me tell you. But, you know, that all started off as a joke. Um, 2015, I think it was. They were releasing the new um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yes. movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I literally got a phone call from, um, I think it was like, you know, whoever produced Warner Brothers or, yeah. or, or one of those movie production um, companies. And yeah. they said, oh, you know, we're just wondering, um, you know, we're doing a, a launch of the movie in Sydney. And you know we've got all the producers and etc. here. Yeah. How possible is it to make the the um, make the ninety nine cheese pizza a real thing? Because in the movie there's yeah the ninety nine cheese pizza. And I was like, I was on the phone. I said, yeah, man, I can do that. But I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just said, yeah, no worries, I can do that. And I went, really, you can do that? And I said, yeah, I can do that, no problem. Well, you be able to do it here in Sydney? I said, yeah, no problem. Let me know when I need to come, I'll do it. So so you, you get a call from some guy from Warner Brothers, yeah, whoever it was, Disney, yeah, whatever it yeah. was, saying, can you make a pizza? Just yeah. one? Not like a, a full-time thing, just one just pizza. Just one, and th- they got all the boxes printed with the teenage To make it look like the, yeah. And all that, yeah. You needed to make one pizza with mm-hmm. 99 different cheeses mm-hmm. on it. I said, and you're yeah. like, yeah, fucking, I'm there. I said, yeah, I can do that, no problem. So I hung up the phone and I went, all right, how do I do this now? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it! I and, love I just, it. and I worked out a way to do it, and it, you know, it tastes because it's one thing about doing it, but it's also another thing. How's it going to taste? Totally. For me, it needed to taste good as well. Well, it's so, your reputation, it's your yeah. brand, it's your name. Yeah. So anyway, I get to Sydney, <laughs> I do this pizza, and people are freaking out. They're like, oh "My God!" And I had the list of all the cheeses that I used on the pizza. Did you do a practice one prior? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, you wouldn't have just yeah. turned up yeah, yeah. <laughs> winging it. And I was like. And they were like, my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. So anyway, I got some publicity worldwide um, and it went everywhere. Like I was getting journalists from uh, the UK ringing me. I was getting journalists from America ringing me. It was, it was amazing, right? And I thought, wow, oh, this is awesome. So fast forward um, a few years later, this guy from the States does a 101 cheese pizza and he mentioned me in the article saying oh you know a uh, uh, pizza chef from, from Australia did 99 cheese pizza and, I, and so I wanted to top it and so you know I did it with 101, 101. Yeah, yeah. and then there was another guy from I can't remember what country um, they then did it and said oh, we did 121 cheese pizza and and they and they again mentioned you know started off from a guy from Australia started doing this so you never really went into it trying to break you just did it because that's what nah, I was had anyone made 99 cheeses never. or pizza Never. So you technically set a record then? Yeah, yeah, I set a record without... without Just, they asked for it, you yeah, gave it to them. Right. And so wow. it was never a, a, a you know, a, a, a sort of... A, um, you never went into it with that mission, so to no. say. And, and the funny thing was, I get a call from, from one of my staff and, and they said, oh, I just sent you a message, have a look. 
and there was a photo of the guy that did this 121 cheese pizza and I wrote back saying ah that's nothing man I'll fucking I'll do 160 like, <laughs> like just <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> whatever all of the cheese in and they said can you do it and I said yeah it's easy and they went no seriously can you do it and I said you'd have this conversation with the team at this stage yeah team. and I said yeah that's easy I can do that don't worry and they said well I'm going to apply for uh, Guinness if you can do it We'll apply for Guinness. And I said, all right. So we started at 3 a.m. We had to record the whole thing. And we had to have two cheesemongers as, um, as uh, judges. judges. Yeah. And they had to also, they went through every single cheese. And really, we had uh, 160 uh, cheeses. And six of them, they um, disqualified. So they said, look, these are not, you can't because they're too similar to that cheese. And I was all right, no problem. So 154. Yeah, 154, no problem. I had one chance. So can you imagine, I was grading one gram of every cheese, right? And they watched me from 3 a.m. all the way till I cooked the pizza was 11 a.m. Fuck. So I was there, and I had two of my staff members saying... <laughs> how, how, how much per cheese? It was a gram. It was a gram. So I had little one containers. Gram. I had little containers. I had 154 little <laughs> containers. And we every cheese we were grading, we had a sticker and we marked it. What so it was. it's this cheese. And, yeah. you know, it's a uh, camembert and it's, uh, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know, mozzarella, blah, blah, blah. And so we have all these, all these cheeses and they've taken a photo of it. And I've put, you know, labels of all the cheeses. <laughs> and, and then I thought, oh, my God, I've got one chance to do this if... I burn this pizza or if I put a hole in the pizza or if, you know, because we're cooking a wood fire oven. Yeah. I said, I've done all this work for absolutely nothing. And so you can imagine, like, I was... The humming was humming. Was, the humming was humming. <laughs> right? I, can't, I, can't, I can't stop this up. And so anyway, I make this pizza, cook it, comes out of the oven and the, and the two guys are there from, you know, these, these two separate cheese companies and they come around and, and we're there and looking at it and I went this looks fantastic okay great and then they said try it I went um alright they said to you to try it yeah they said try it and I said alright so anyway I grab a piece and I put it in my mouth and I went oh fuck this tastes amazing literally it tastes amazing I couldn't believe it and so I ate the whole thing and they were like give me a slice <laughs> <laughs> and so they got the uh, pizza and, and the stuff. so you had already technically it. set the record by then yeah, we had everything uh, recorded, so yeah. it, you know you couldn't um, edit or anything. Yeah, there was no pausing; it was just 40, straight no, no, through. No, the whole thing through. So they probably heard me. You heard me swear <laughs> about a thousand times. You know, someone had to sit there and watch what seven, eight hours of footage. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, pretty much for one pizza. And um, and then when we got the notice <laughs> and they said, "Yep, you know your your pizza is, has been accepted in the Guinness," and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like, is this?" happening is like, this real it's crazy yeah. man like to be in one of those books i mean it's that's huge yeah it's it's not for any tom dick and harry that's for sure yeah so so did that pizza ever make it to the menu or was that just a one-off no no we put it on the menu still now or yeah we still do it 154 mm. yeah wow does it sell a lot i guess it's a guinness world record pizza yeah. when we sell out we you know we always say look it's we finished that's it because we can, you know, it's it's it is a pizza that takes a lot of preparation. Totally, and it's not like you just have 154 cheeses no. just hanging around. Exactly, exactly. That's epic, just for fun. Like, hey, I'll do 160. 
And the guys that were there, did they technically have to taste it to approve it, or they all just tasted it? No, they eat just it wanted to taste it because it, they you said it was great. Yeah, yeah. And and they were very. Surprised. How do you put one gram of cheese on a pizza? It was crazy. So I had all these one fifty four <laughs> little um, yeah, yeah. packets. So you can imagine I've packed them all, yeah. put a lid on them, written all the things, yeah. and then I've taken a lid off all of them and put them all into one bowl. Ah. Mix it all together and then grab the whole 154, every single bit of it onto one pizza in the oven. That's epic. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. I'm going to have to come and try it next time. Where do you get the inspiration now for the recipes and for the what goes on the menu? Um, I always, I always um, try and think about things that I love. Firstly, I love eating. Yeah. Um, and... But I also always look into traditional um, recipes. Okay. And then I put a, a, a modern spin of what I mm. interpret that mm. recipe to be and mm. then, you know, just develop it from there. But it's, you know, cre- I don't, you know creating a new recipe, there's recipes, uh, you know, is an interpretation of what you want. What you want it to be, yeah. That's all it is. What, what, what you know, I look at it like that, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You know, you either like it or you don't yeah. like it. There's, if you don't like it, make it... So you do like it. it? Add some more spices, add whatever exactly, it is. Yeah. What's your favourite thing to cook? Um, what do I love cooking? What do I love cooking? One meal. It's like, Johnny, cook me your f- most favourite thing. Oh, uh, man, I'm boring. Like, <laughs> I I love just an aglio olio peperoncino. Mm. You know, like mm. it's it sounds simple, but mm-hmm. it's to make it, it's the hardest dish really? to execute. Yeah, because you can stuff it up too much oil, not yeah. enough water yeah. not enough starch coming out of the yeah. pasta there's the technicality behind it is so so difficult so much more to it than it just is than just oil and, and, and chili and garlic yeah, and bull yeah. Yeah, no, anyone can do that totally but to perfect it it's very very difficult you know it's like when a chef says make me an omelette you know totally yeah you think eggs and a couple of things yeah flipping around and omelet, stuff but yeah. it's an omelette's very hard to execute to I actually do it properly right it's difficult mine turned into scrambled eggs yeah it's I love it. Um, what would be your three tips for someone that either wanted to open a restaurant, get into hospitality, or already has one and thinking, cool, I want to sort of adopt that global mindset and open up a few different, whether they want to franchise or not. What would be some core principles that you think are super important? Yeah, I think super important if you want to get into uh, the restaurant uh, industry, first of all, uh, make sure you get into it for the right reasons. And what I mean by that is if you wanting to get into a restaurant because you think you're going to make quick money, then don't get into it. Um, uh, restaurants are the probably the, the least profitable uh, business you, model you could ever think of. Um, and it does take a long time to perfect and then make money from, from a restaurant. So if you if you want to get into it just for that reason, then don't do it. Yep. But if you've got a genuine passion for you know, uh, running a restaurant, um, you know, then that's the first step. Good step. You need yeah. to have you need to have that genuine passion. Yeah. Um, another tip is you know don't overcomplicate your model. You know, there's uh, how can I say? You know, it's like putting too many ingredients on a plate. Mm, you know, mm, keep mm. it simple. You know, people people are always trying to invent the next big thing. Um, you know. You don't need to do that yeah. to be successful. Just nail yeah. those key. Yeah, do do little and do mm. and, and do, it, do well. it really well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's no point in trying mm. to do a lot of things and not being really good at doing. Be just one. okay at them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's a really important um, factor. For people that are in the game already, if you're thinking about going from one to two, be prepared to take a pay cut. And I mean a significant pay cut of probably 80 to 90% of what you're earning right now. So put down on pen and paper, what am I making? Making $100 for argument's sake? Yeah. Be prepared to make $10 in going from one to two. And a couple of reasons I say that is because when you're running one, you're there. You're running it, you can control the cost, um, you know, you can sort of, um, you know, if there's any stuff ups, you can you know, rectify team, you can, you yeah. know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you can send, you know, you can employ a part-timer and reduce yeah. hours if, you know, you need or, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Whereas when you go from one to two, you need to now replace yourself in that restaurant, that number mm. one restaurant. Mm. And that mm. number one restaurant is is your um, primary income. And if you jeopardize that business because you've taken yourself out, because remember, a lot of people go from one to two not having the systems to run the first one, right? Haven't really nailed the first one yet before they even try and get to the second mm, one and then mm. so they leave and they think they go oh, so I leave and I employ you and yep. I say oh Jamie you're going to run my restaurant yep. and Jamie's there yep I'm going to do it. it and then Jamie says to Johnny well you know the salary that you're giving me is not enough and most times what happens is you start giving the person that is going to run your first business that is actually helping you survive um, they, yeah. they want they want yeah your flagship they want more money than what you're actually making. <laughs> so then you're in the negative. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the second one and you find that if you spend too much time in the second one, your first one starts to struggle. A bit. struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you need to find someone that is able to replace you even part-time yeah. so you can be between those two half, half, yeah. to make sure that they're running right. So the reason why I'm saying this is I'm saying if you do have one restaurant, you want to go to number two, make sure that you are already running that restaurant without you being there, without opening number two. Mm-hmm. Because I like it. you take yourself out. At a part-time level or almost full-time? At a full part-time time? level. Yeah, okay. Right? At a part-time level, you take yourself out and you run it and you see what happens. Get See where the holes are, plug those holes and, you know, concentrate on them. Like really get them uh, working like, like clockwork. Yeah. Then from pulling yourself out part-time, pull yourself out full-time yeah. and give that a run and see what happens, see whether your income drops, see whether you're... Even before the second one? Even before the second one. Do you reckon that's the biggest jump, one to two? One to two is the hardest. Two to three becomes easier. Three to four becomes a, you know... And onwards and upwards from there. Sort of onwards and upwards yeah. if, if you've got the first ones. Right. Yeah, you build the right foundation. Yeah, because I'll give you an example. You can have a really good business and then go into a second one and have a really bad business. It takes, it, for every dollar you lose, that good business needs to do four times a turnover. Mm, mm, mm. And if you can't lift that mm. first one four times a turnover you're actually doing currently, then you're in big trouble. The whole thing starts to come down. Everything starts yeah. to fall. Yeah, yeah. Does that mm. make sense? No, definitely. I like it. And because I'm thinking of it as well, like definitely for the restaurant space, mm. totally. But even that core understanding concept is relevant to business. Any business. And Any. that's what I love, like you said, like you learn after time, the business. Yes, you can cook, you can do all that, you can Fine. be a great chef. No problem. But the business side of it, hence why it got to where... It, why do you think Grady became what it is? Why do you think why do you think is such the powerhouse that it is? Um, I think, you know, 
the 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 brand is is strong because the team behind it is strong. So you know we've got we've got people in the business that you know die hard. You know they love the brand and they want to see the brand move. And and you know I, I'll give an example. My head chef at Bra- or actually sorry, he's not even a head chef anymore. He's my executive chef now. He started off as a dishwasher ten years ago. Ten years ago, this guy was washing dishes. Ten years on, this guy is head of culinary. Amazing. So mm. when you've got people that's following awesome. you like that, that's awesome. That's what makes the brand. That's the culture, strong. like you said earlier as well. That's what makes the brand strong. I think Branton says it is, is if you look after your team, then they'll look after the the, the customers. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and something that you've obviously implemented. Yeah. Because if you if you focus on the customers too much and don't look after your team, well then who's actually serving the customers? Correct. You know, the people I, that aren't happy. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always said to you know, I actually was having a conversation. I uh, was interviewing a, a potential manager for a new site that we're opening. Yeah. You know, and I said to him, Who, "Who's the most important people in your business?" And he said, "The customer." And I said, "No." Mm. I said, "Your staff." And he looked at me and he said, "Why is that?" I said, "Because if you got happy staff, mm. you got very happy customers." Totally. And he and he looked at me and he said, "I like that." And I went, well, "That's what I want you to." You know, space you need to come from. Yeah, yeah. Totally that's where your mindset you needs to yeah. be. You need to walk in, and your your staff need to love coming mm-hmm. to work, mm-hmm. not what, like. What makes you a good leader, Johnny? Um, be a be somebody that lives by his word. Mm-hmm. You know, he or she. You know, don't 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 say something and then not execute Do something else. You know, because mm-hmm. that that you lose integrity there. Um, lead by example is a huge one you know I would never ask anyone to do something that I wouldn't do myself or hadn't done yet yeah or have never done mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. still today I walk into any of my restaurants I say hello to everyone I walk down the back and I go to the bathrooms and if they're dirty I'll clean them I don't care I'll, I'll, I'll clean them and then and then I'll you know say listen guys I went to the bathroom I have to clean mm-hmm. the bathrooms why you know and that's when the, the penny drops and it's far out you know the guy so, who yeah. So you, you need to lead yeah. by example. Um, I think the the other thing also is really understand your business, so that if anyone comes to you with a question, you must have an answer. And if you don't have the answer there and then, make sure you get back to these people with the answer, because they they look upon you for leadership. Mm-hmm. If they are coming to you to ask you a question, it's genuine because they actually want to learn or they don't know. Correct. The worst. I say the worst employees are the ones that don't say anything and fly under the radar. I prefer someone challenge me. Mm, be more vocal. Be yeah. more vocal and then what happens is we both grow. Correct. Because mm. they probably genuinely care. Because they They're care. pushing you because like, tell me, I want to yeah, know. It's exactly right. And if I don't have the answer, I'm very honest. I say, you know what, I've never come up, you know, I've never had that asked yeah. and I don't know the answer but I'm, uh, I'm going to think about yeah. it and I appreciate you actually telling me. Or bringing that to my attention. Mm. Because mm. they're not... Because in the back of my mind, guess what's happening while you're asking me that question? The system brain comes on. <laughs> How do I create a system now <laughs> to avoid what just happened? Correct. If it happened now, it most likely can happen again. Correct. How do we eliminate yeah. that? And that's the only way. Like by finding the problems and then the solution is creating a system. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I like it. I, I honestly love that it's, yes, cooking, like I said, but you've really taken like this business... Mm. seriously like it's it's not just a restaurant like you're not just a chef like you're like this is a, a fucking business yeah so like, how many countries 
three, four, five, six. Did you ever think you would get to that stage? No, not really, to be honest you, with you. You had the vision? I had the vision, but I didn't know. You know, if someone says to me, oh, did you know how you're going to get there? No, fuck no. Fuck no. I, didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't wake up one day and say, yep, Here it I'm going to be yeah. in America tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't no. work that no. way. No. It's, you know, it's. I think, I think things happen for a reason and people gravitate to people that they want to deal with. So if you're a person mm, that mm. is showing the honesty, the, you know, the integrity behind the brand, you know, the vision behind the brand. People are attracted to that because they want to know why, why, you know, and I mm. learned this in America, you know, like here in Australia, and I always say this, you know, and, and it's disappointing because I love this country. But it's disappointing that, you know, you see someone, this is an example I always use, you see someone drive past in a Ferrari, ah, fuck, it's a drug dealer, whatever, right? All this Mum and dad's money. Mum and dad's yeah. money, yeah. and I uh, didn't Lucky. work for it, take it home, you that, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Whereas in America, you see someone drive past in a Ferrari and they'll say, wow, does anyone know that guy? Yeah, I do. Uh, do you reckon you can organize a coffee coffee because I'd love to have five minutes with him? Because they want to know because they're inspired Mm. by that. They're not not intimidated. Mm. They're inspired. I I, I, I wish, you know, we as a culture here would change that. I like it. I like it. Not intimidated, but inspired. That's a good one. Again, because I, I think it, it does, people from the outside might say, oh, he's got, you know, restaurants in six, seven countries, happy days, easy, lucky, you know, it just happened. As we've established, it didn't just happen. It doesn't. You, you know, know, look, we're going through this, um, you know, shitty period at the moment, right? Correct. You know, this is a, the pandemic and all that. Mm. I could have put my head in the sand and closed the restaurants down and said, okay, we'll come back when uh, everything's done. Yeah. I could have done that, no problem. I didn't. I thought, how am I, how am I going to keep as many people mm, on mm. That I, as I can? And how am I going to diversify this brand so that we can keep going? And that's where the, the market... Online store. Right? Mm, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a physical market that we Love have, it. Right? Love it. I've been working there day in, day out, every day. Like, people would come there and say, don't you own gravity yet? You're here making pizzas? Yep. You're here stacking shelves? Yep. Every single day? Mm, mm. I love it. That's what it takes, though, yeah? It does. It takes that. It's, well, if you want to play at that level, hmm. you can, like you said, you could have absolutely just closed the doors, called it a day. just shut the doors and said, oh, we'll come back later, man. It's, no it's a global pandemic, but we have to. Just, yeah, totally. Yeah, everyone have a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Put everyone after on job keep yeah. or whatever the government's you know giving us yeah. and yeah. you know and, and I think the government's been amazing for totally. a lot of the businesses here. It's been, it's been great. Um, and I could have just done that, but I, I didn't choose to do that. Mm. I didn't want to do that. Mm. Mm. Mate, there's, you know, I've got the mindset that, you know, unless, unless a bomb blows up the building, <laughs> then we can't open, mate. You know? But you put, you put 154 cheeses on a pizza. You <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking do anything. <laughs> You're in the Guinness World Records, man. There's nothing stopping you guys. What's your future for, for you and then also Grady? Um, You know, we're, we're not stopping. You know, for me... This, this pandemic has, has been a reset for me. So I've thought about my business business in a whole uh, different mindset, like a, like a like completely different to what it was uh, two months ago. I've reset, I've, I've, I've been on the ground again. I've seen things that I can fix now. Whereas before it was so fast, overseas all the time, mm, getting mm, restaurants mm. open, all this sort of stuff. Mm. And I love that, right? I love doing all that, mm. but 
you know, this handbrake, as I want to call it, totally, yeah, yeah, has really made me like, like, like now, now you want to see a fucking unstoppable person because it's <laughs> it's another I level. Love it. It's another um, level. Yeah, it's reset my mm. mindset. Mm. It's almost like a sense of clarity at the same time. Yeah, like it you, is. You're in there. You're like, this is what we need to do. Yeah. This is that next step. It's not an idea. Like, this is what it's going to take. So, is that for the restaurant? What about for you personally? Do you want to? Do you have any other visions, aspirations to do anything else? Get any, move. Look, I, I've I've established that there's um, five different, uh, or probably four to five different arms to my business right now, and I want to expand every single one of those. Yep. Uh, you know, in the last you know five years, I've been only expanding one arm. I call it, and that's the restaurant arm. Mm, mm, um, mm. I find that from this brand, this is why I'm saying the whole thing is reset. Is I've been able to establish different opportunities, and that's what I'm going to look at doing now. You know, I always thought to myself, uh, yeah, I'm setting my business up uh, to beat a recession. This is what I've always thought in the back of my mind all the time. That, that from from the time. I failed in business and then went through, you know, hardship and all that. I always said to myself, what's the best thing to do is build your business to beat a recession. And I thought I did, you know, I I was doing that. But you would never have thought something like this was going to happen. So now I've set my mindset with I am going to build my business to beat any pandemic that happens in the world. Any, any. doesn't matter what happens. That's top anything. And so, so mm. that's where my mindset is now. Like What's the worst of the worst? There's one part of my business that needs to survive mm. to sustain everything the else. Entire. And that's that's my next goal, man. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So you know, you can, I can hear it in your like even like that yeah. hunger. It's like this yeah. is. Yeah. And you can tell that like you've put that time in, especially in these last couple of weeks or month oh, yeah. during this craziness that we've gone through, yeah. and now realize that what's available mm. for and where it could go for you guys, which is awesome. What's one thing that you learned, Johnny, that really blew you away? Doesn't have to be in the kitchen or restaurants, yeah. but just in general. Um, one thing that I learned that blew me away. You know when people say, "Have you ever? Do you have a mentor? Or have you had a mentor?" To be honest with you, I've, and this is straight up, I've actually never had a mentor. Uh, you know, because people say to me like. Who inspired you or who, who do you look up to in the industry? I, I actually don't. I, and I don't know what's wrong with me. Mate. You know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong. But, you know, what... I actually can't answer that question, you know, that... Because I everything that I do, I put 100% in mm, anyway. Mm, mm. And even if it fails, I'll fail at 100%. Totally. Totally. So it doesn't matter. Mm, like, mm. you know... Um, the, just the other day, someone said to me, "Oh, you know what? Um, what is, what is the what? What drives you?" That was the question. What drives you? And I said, "What drives me is um, how to get out of failure. I'm actually not afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, I really am not. I grew up with nothing. You know, I didn't come from a family that had money, so for me, it doesn't really matter because." I've always kept that at the back of my mind that I survive when I had no money and I'll survive if I have money and then I'll re-survive if I have no money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's not like I, I came that. from money where mm, I mm, only mm, know mm, that, that lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. I came from nothing, man. Like literally, fuck, I got my first job at 12 years old because I wanted to buy myself a pair of Nikes. 
That was the reason because there was no other way to buy to anything that. for myself. You had to go and work. You had to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest gift that was was given to me in my life. Is that a stupid thing for me to say? Absolutely that was not. The, the biggest gift for me was that I grew up with hardship. A lot of people, you know, have grown up with hardship mm-hmm. and there's people that have been in worse positions than I have and that have been extremely successful. And But everybody takes their own experience out of it because then there are also people that have had hardship but are still having hardship mm-hmm. now. Still living in that. Because, because they haven't been able to break through mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. I repeat this and, you know, you've probably heard me say this before, but at 12 years old, I would sit in my bed at night thinking... To myself, I'm not going to be ordinary. I want to be extraordinary. At 12 years old, I actually, you know, there are things that you re- remind you or you can't forget. Mm. That is one specific thing that I remember at, at 12 years old. Bunk bed, because I shared the um, room with my brother. Yeah. And I would look at the ceiling and I would say to myself, I'm not going to be ordinary. I'm going to be extraordinary. Because I saw my mum work two jobs, struggle, you know, and she was a great provider. My dad was an amazing person, you know, whatever, but it was just hardship. That's all it was. That's it. And that, I think that's what's driven me. And I always go back to that to drive me. And that's Correct. what I'm saying, that I'm not scared to fail. Correct. You just don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay there. Correct. I want to, if I do fail in something, how do I get myself out Correct. of Correct. How do I bounce straight back out? Yeah. I like it. How about if I put it this way? What... Was there something that someone ever said to you that really stuck with you? You're going to go broke. You're going to go broke. Yeah. From a customer? No, relative. Uh, I was 19. So it would have been what? The first? First business. You're going to go broke. I didn't say a word. All I said to myself in my head, I'll fucking show you. At 19, that was... That has never left my mind. I had a very similar experience. I was thinking I was about 21. Yeah. yeah. Someone said these, almost the exact same words to me. Yeah. Crazy, you're going to go broke. And you were like, fuck that shit. You want to get me off my guard? Tell me that I'm doing the best thing in the world. And if you repeat that, then I'll get complacent. Totally, yeah. Tell me I'm going to fuck up. You're in it's trouble. game over. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> Believe me. I'll, I'll, I'll work... 36 hours a day, not 24. I like it. I like it. As we start to wrap it up now, Johnny, it's been incredible. Thank you so much for your time. What separates you though? Because this is what I'm trying to understand. Yes, from a business standpoint, you've got a Goliath of a a business. Awesome. And I'm sure it's probably like level one of what's going to be so many more things to come. But there's so many people that probably own one restaurant and they potentially just stay there because they want to. Like you said, they buy themselves a job. But what separates you? Like, why have you been able to go from one to two after 10 businesses to then be where Grady is now on that journey to whatever it might be? Why you? I'm not going to say what makes you special. Uh, it's not special. It, um, what about you is it? Um, I'm not... I go back to the point of that I'm actually not scared to fail. Like, I really am not. Because... If I was, then I would stay at one business. Mm, true. So I'll do something with the risk of that I may fail. And I know that 
it might there's always that possibility right it might fail and it might be okay but I'm actually the failing side of it doesn't scare me the um, other side of it being successful it drives me but the failing side drives me more mm, mm, does mm. that make sense yeah, totally. like, I, you know I, you know, when I achieve something it gives me a buzz but then it, it dies out really quick yeah. but when something's gone bad it gives me this adrenaline and it lasts a long time it's that fuel it's that fuel yeah, that yeah, you know I yeah. need to I need to break through this wall and, correct and I find that I learn so much through that. Mm, mm. I haven't really learned much from the successes. I've learned more from the fail. I think mm. most people will tell you that because Correct. it's actually true. You it's know? so true. It it's is so true. And you don't really get that early in the journey. It's like, what do you mean you learn from when you fuck something up? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Until you actually start fucking things up and yeah. making mistakes and getting it wrong and realizing shit. Like, there's a big lesson in that, which is why I asked one of those questions at the start, um, which is one of your you know, biggest failures that turned into the biggest lesson for you. Um, love it. Johnny, how can people find out more from you, from the, from the brand? Where, where do they learn more about it? Um, yeah, they can visit my Instagram. Yeah. So it's... it's I'll, a, I'll put all those details in there up, yeah. for people as well. Um, you know, I've, just through the normal social yep. uh, networks and stuff. and Websites. Websites. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, we, we've, I've got a... I've got a um, a website that I'm, I'm going to launch in the next few months, like a personal one. Cool. Um, yeah. You know, just... It's all about, you know, journey and, and yep. you know, other things on there as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, coming to the restaurant if you're in Australia. Absolutely. And, and come and visit. Like, I'm always around and I've got no issue mm. going up to people and talking mm. to them. I love talking to people. Totally. I love totally. It, you know? I think I remember the first time that, that, that I met you, I was there with Peter. And it was me, you, Peter, going to be there. And then we had the table for three. And I, obviously, at the stage, I didn't know that you owned yeah. Grady. And then you were sitting there, and I was, and then Harry was a whole, I'll ask him if they can get another chair for us. And you're like, no, it's all good. I've got it taken care of. I was like, oh, okay. And then I realized, but, you know, and, and that was one thing that I actually wanted to finish on is how humble you are. Mm. And for you, you might just think it's normal. It's just you. But in the world that we live in, like, it's not normal. And I think that's probably one of the best, probably for me, like, having the time to, hang out, talk, even just now learn so much. It's it's that level of humility where you're just like, I'm here. Like, I'm in it. You, you said it earlier, like you're one of the team. Yeah. You're on the floor. These last two months, you've been there stocking, stocking shelves, cleaning the toilets if it needs yeah. to be done. That's one thing that I've really picked up from you um, is that level of humility where it's like, and the, and the success that you've reached is like, and there's still so much more, which is incredible. Um, so I would definitely suggest all the other listeners especially if you're Melbourne based try and get to Brunswick if you can yeah. um, but that's I, I actually remember when you actually got the world's like best pizza and got that award I would be like maybe like 23, 24 and I was there like every weekend if not every second weekend eating this pizza um, so again thank you so much for making the time Thanks to come out on. no I, I really yeah. appreciate it um, it was good fun and I, I want you guys to actually go and follow Johnny listen to it listen to his stuff follow his journey he's got some cool things he's working on that are coming out really soon uh, but definitely get into the restaurants uh, and, and make sure you do that and definitely taste one of those pizzas uh, and if you get a chance to get the 154 cheese pizza what's it, what's it called? 154 cheese pizza <laughs> who would have thought so iconic so iconic alright guys thank you so much Johnny again thank you so much I really appreciate thank it I appreciate it um, guys have an amazing day enjoy and I look forward to having you on the next episode Bye for now.